Welcome to the Rob and Kale podcast. Rob Sanders. Some would be entertained by it. Some would be horrified by Kale it. Kale Carolina Jackpot Hall. All would be interested in the Rob and Kale podcast. Let's go. And welcome in to the Rob and Kale podcast. I'm Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining me. I come to you from Columbia, South Carolina. My buddy, Carolina Jackpot, the number one Gamecock YouTuber on the planet. He's not in the Big L. He's in the upstate. Welcome to the program, sir. Good evening, guys. Hope everyone's doing great today. Uh, precursor before I uh, start this podcast that I put out a video a little while ago, the 2022 NC State Wolfpack college football season picks and predictions. I was going through their schedule, and I got to their, name, their game against Louisville, and I mentioned um, – particular individual uh, being a known liar and piece of human waste. And I referred to it as Coach Dave Doran. Uh, I, I meant to uh, refer to that as Coach Scott Satterfield. So I, Mr. Doran, Coach Doran, um, if you watch that video, I'm sure you probably did. Uh, I apologize. Okay, so leading off the show, Jackpot wants you to know that he he miss uh, he's wait, wait a minute virtual jackpot can help us with this I've got the perfect virtual jackpot for that so basically jackpot said something and, and he you know he he feels bad about it where he kind of ran Dave Doran into the ground but he wasn't really talking about Dave Doran he he was actually talking about Scott Satterfield. And I said something on here I didn't mean to. Exactly. So exactly. with that, Scott Satterfield is a piece of shit. Uh, oh. Dave Dorn is not in the eyes of Jackpot. Got it. Is that, is that that what you wanted to lead off the show with, sir? Yes. <laughs> okay. Jackpot, wa <laughs> Jackpot wants you to know who his favorite pieces of shit are. By the way, Jackpot, I've added uh, new Jim Cornette stuff to our wall, uh, including this, which made me laugh really what hard. You fucking raccoon pelt-headed piece of shit. <laughs> I, I've never heard him. I don't know where I found that. And I was like, I've never heard him call somebody that. Uh, and, and it's like, okay. And then there was one other one. Oh, this one. This one's really good, too. Here we go. You know, can you say the same things to my face when I'm standing in front of you that you want to say to my answer machine? If not, then lose my number, motherfucker, because you're pissing me off. Exactly. <laughs> so we, you, you may or may not get into some of those tonight. Uh, I mean, little, little itty-bitty things that I've added to the program. If you will. Exactly. exactly. I think we called somebody a raccoon. Exactly. What's that? Can't believe you called somebody a raccoon pelt headed piece of shit. Called him a rackhead. He got a and then uh what's it? Oh, I mean we've got this one. But too. you're a big fat fucking pussy. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny timing. And then, I'm uh, getting pissed because you're fucking with me and it's it's not cool and we're gonna have a situation. Yeah, we're gonna have a situation. That's how that works. Anyway, there you go. I'm, I'm <laughs> Making the show better, Jackpot. Uh, where I, we could probably take calls later and I could just answer them as Jim Cornette. Hello, okay, exactly. 
I mean, I could probably I could probably get away with that. Anyway, we're going to take calls here in a little bit. Let's thank our sponsors, Callaway's Bar and Grill out in West Columbia. Oh, and just for Bible Belt Beauties, I, I do have that as well. Uh, yes. This is a giant cock. I had to explain that to my wife. She's like, what the hell is that? She's like, why, why are two 40-plus-year-old men over there talking about giant cocks on the on the podcast? I don't know. I don't know what our problem is. Anyway, uh, the uh, Callaway's Bar and Grill, callawaysbarandgrill.com. Go and uh, order some wings. Have <laughs> beer, play retro video games. The only golden tea lounge in the Midlands. Callaway's Bar and Grill, callawaysbarandgrill.com. Also, uh, story time with Uncle Jackpot brought to you by Dennis Wilson from BNC Trucking and Transport, who I went and had lunch with this week. Man, he loves him some jackpot. He wants him a jackpot tube top. I know he does. We just got to get the one that's properly bedazzled. And because he doesn't want like the, the simple black sequins. I mean, he wants like the silver. So, I mean, that, uh -huh. that costs a little bit more money. So we got to we got to work on that. But uh, story time with Uncle Jackpot brought to you by Dennis Wilson, DNC Trucking and Transport. Hey, uh, it sucks to be a Gamecock. It's been 3,142 days since my team has beaten Clemson on the football field. We're so shitty that we kick players out of seven-on-seven -seven tournaments that wouldn't have come to our shit school anyway. It sucks to be a Gamecock. Go Tigers. All facts there from Uncle Jackpot. Thank you for reading that uh, for Dennis Wilson, DNC Trucking and Transport. All right, Jackpot, uh, I sent you something late. We talked about the you know, all-time SEC running backs the other day. And <laughs> yes. I thought we'd, uh, we'd hit the SEC quarterbacks tonight. And the, I found an article from uh, FanBuzz where they rated their top 21. And I thought we'd run through some of these and uh, and we'd get, kind of get your reaction and then get some of the reaction from uh, some of the uh, – the folks that listen to the program, but some of these I'm like, okay. And some of them are guys I just never really heard of, to be honest with you. But we could start with number 21, which is uh Jared Lorenzen from Kentucky. <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with that. He still owns at sec records for passing attempts in a season with 559 and for a career. So, I mean, I, I don't, okay. I, Okay, I, so I, I think they could have probably found twenty another number twenty one there. I mean, he was a gimmick. I mean, you know. Uh, so he was just he was just a chunky boy playing quarterback in your mind. It was a gimmick. I mean, he was he most passing attempts. I mean, that's not. I mean, what? I mean, what? what the, I mean, anybody could do that. I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, apparently, uh, I mean, hey, he's dead though. I mean, I don't want to. Yeah. bash him you know but i mean we could be talking about players from the 40s too and they were they're dead too so yeah uh that's not coming out right or the way i want it to <laughs> number 20 on the list is drew lock which uh, from Mizzou, and I know that a lot of folks they get upset and i said something on here i didn't mean to oh that's okay virtual kale but uh, Drew Locke threw for 44 touchdowns, uh, a single-season record for touchdown passes, 44 in a season, fourth-highest passing yardage uh, total as a junior with right at 4,000 yards, two-time All-SEC uh, selection, and finished with 109 career touchdown uh, total touchdowns. But I'm sure that SEC fans will tell me, uh, fuck him, he played at Mizzou, right? 
That's right. I mean, I have I don't have a problem with that. You don't have a problem with him in the top 20. All right, let's look at nope. number number 19 is Eric Zier from Georgia. Led the Bulldogs from 91 to 94. Uh, left college football as SEC's career leader in passing yards and would finish inside the top 10 of the Heisman Trophy voting in both 93 and 94. First team oh. All-American as a senior. Do you remember him being that good? Yeah, he was pretty good. Uh, he lost to the Gamecocks uh, in 93. That was uh, the uh, the year the comrade played. Um, well, played as a played as a very. <laughs> that was the year the comrade was on the team as a member of of the team. Uh, Nineteen ninety three. So yeah, he was okay. I mean, teams, those teams weren't very good. Eli Manning of Ole Miss at number eighteen. Setter tied forty five passing records during his Ole Miss career. Was named first team All American in two thousand and three. <clears throat> Finished third in the Heisman voting behind Jason White and Larry Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. All that. Uh, led Ole Miss to its first 10-win season at the program since 1971 team. Can so, you name anything else that, that Jason White did after winning the Heisman Trophy? I mean, I'm sure he sold a lot of insurance. <laughs> I would have thought Eli would have been higher up the list than that. Number 18, according to this list. Number Eli 17. actually was one that, that did more with himself, with his career when he got to the NFL, I guess. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he has more. I think he has more Super Bowl rings than Peyton does. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, David Green at Georgia is number 17 on the list. Uh, ended his career as the SEC's winningest quarterback with 42 wins. All-time leader in both passing yards and total offense. His senior year in 2004 was his most efficient, throwing 20 touchdown passes against only four interceptions. But that, to me, just seems like you're a game manager, in my opinion. Maybe it was... 20 touchdowns, uh, yeah, that's not... I mean, (coughs) well, I mean, you know, know, things were a little bit different then. They were more run-heavy, I'm sure. I mean, it's fucking Georgia, you know. It's fucking Georgia. They're going to run the ball. 16 was Joe Namath at Alabama. I mean... Completely different era. I'm not going to sit here and throw numbers at you because they were doing completely different things. Um, they call yeah. him, you know, the greatest athlete that was ever coached by is what uh, Bear Bryant said about him. So there's that. Uh, when you think about LSU and all the quarterbacks that they've run through there, you know, their all-time leading passer is not the guy that got uh, high on cough syrup. It's not Joe Burrow. It's actually it Tommy. John Hodgson. David Booty. No, it's Tommy Hodson. He oh, led yeah. LSU to two SEC championships in '86 as a freshman, again in '88 as a junior. I know him well. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you didn't really play against him. You guys weren't in the oh, SEC. Oh yes, we did. Oh yes, we did. And, oh, did you play him as an independent? I didn't know that. No, we played him in 1987 in the Gator Bowl. Oh, they they whipped that ass, didn't they? He tore our ass up. He had a wide receiver named Wendell Davis. And uh, I was like, ah, 12, I guess. We went to that game, and we rode down there on a bus. It's like we there was no tailgating involved, nothing. It's like we left from um, – I, I th- we drove from Greenville to Columbia, I guess, and parked, got on the bus, went to Jacksonville, Got off, 
went to the football game, got back on the bus, came back home. There was no tailgating, no party, no after, none of that. And it was fucking hot, too. It was, you know, it was right after Christmas, but it's Jacksonville, so it's humid as fuck all year round. I think it was like 80 degrees that day, and um, I had swamp ass, my, my 12-year-old self did. I had, like, like sweat running down my butt crack the entire game, and and we got our ass kicked. So, yeah, that was awful. Jackpot swamp ass tonight. My God. What an uh, awful experience. What an awful experience. I mean, that bus ride back had to be shitty too after you got your damn dick handed to you. No, uh, yeah, but, but it felt good because I got to sit on those plush seats and I could scratch my butt. Shit. <laughs> Moving on at number well, four. I, mean, I wasn't going to scratch my butt and round a bunch of LSU fans. Not a hell with all that. The hell with all that. Uh, <laughs> Great man, we're going to talk about uh, about Manning in a moment. And I, I mentioned Manning made a mistake. Is it a mistake to go to Texas? So we'll talk about that in just a second. But we're getting through these quarterbacks, um, the quarterback rankings from uh, Fan Buzz here for the SEC. Bryce Young at Alabama is at number fourteen. His career's not over yet. I don't think he should be that high. Steve Spurrier at Florida. <laughs> you know, I didn't know this, but he had fifty two hundred and ninety yards of career total offense at Florida. Uh, and this is in the fucking 60s. That is, he was wow. their whole team. I mean, he really, really was. So Steve Spurrier should be on the list. Pat Sullivan <laughs> at Auburn won the Heisman Trophy in 1971. Okay. Now here's the name I don't I don't really agree with is Tim Couch. Uh, at Kentucky at number 11. Jackpot, help me here, brother. I wait, wait. <laughs> Well, I mean, guys, I mean, statistically, I mean, he put up some good numbers, but the rest of the team kind of failed him. He was 12 and 11 over two seasons. I mean, fuck. Yeah, 12 and 11 over two seasons. I mean, yeah, yeah, great. He was the whole fucking team, but then, you know, whatever. They were 12 and 11. (laughs) So he was a two-time Heisman finalist. Okay. A.J. McCarron at Alabama is at number 10. 77 to 15 touchdown to interception ratio. He was a game manager in my mind. I don't think he should be a top 10 quarterback. But Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris Leak from Florida is at number 9. Uh, okay. He, he was bad at I remember um, I worked in the Charlotte, North Carolina area when he was in high school. Um, he was badass. Played for Independence. Independent, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, where the Dutch Fort coach uh, was the head coach there at the time. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Murray at Georgia is at number eight. <laughs> God damn. Uh, Who had this list up? I'm just telling you this is the list, and I sent it to you. Okay. Tua Tungaviola at number seven for Alabama. Uh, he played in 32 games through 87 passing touchdowns. That's uh, that's pretty good. Well, Johnny for fucking, fucking hype, you'd, you'd think he'd be number one, but right. Johnny Manziel at Texas AM is at number six, first freshman to win the Heisman Trophy in 2012. I, I don't know, I'm not a Johnny Manziel, uh, guy. I'm not either. I mean, what did he ever do after that? I mean. Yeah, he, he, wasn't he was anything. just a dumpster 
He's just a fucking dumpster juice human being. That has to account for something. Uh, Scam Newton at Auburn. Uh, number five on the list. One season, and, and that gets you into this top ten. Okay. Speaking of dumpster juice human beings. Uh, exactly. Burrow uh, uh, you know. at LSU was at number four. I mean, he played, what, two seasons at LSU? And was a hell of a quarterback for the one season and, and was really good his first season too. But Oh, if he'd been there all four years and played like he did or like he did or leading up to like he did, he would be number one on this list by far. The funny thing is that um, everyone talks about uh, lame or, or lame Urban Meyer and being – Urban Meyer can – you know, he gets the most out of his quarterbacks. But, yeah, he, he, sent, he sent Joe Burrow packing. Tells you a little bit about Urban Meyer, so there's Weird. that. But um, I mean, he got a shit. He got a bunch of. I mean, look what they did with Justin Fields up there. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Danny Warfel is uh, number three from Florida. I mean, his numbers are just stupid good. SEC Player of the Year twice, won the Maxwell Award Heisman Trophy. Um, gave him for 96 national champions. I mean, that he was just really great. Now, here's where it gets interesting. They have Peyton Manning at number two. Okay. Um, and, you know, Manning finished runner-up to Charles Woodson for the 97 Heisman. Should have won the Heisman. I mean, I think they were just trying to give it to a defensive player that year, to be honest. I mean, I thought Manning was the better player that year. But then number one goes to Tim Tebow at Florida. Uh, they called him the greatest quarterback in college football history. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's what they call him, the greatest quarterback in college football history. Three-time first-team All-SEC selection. Led Florida to a 13-1 and record in the national championship in 2008-2007 Heisman Trophy season. Was the best in SEC history for a quarterback. 55 total <laughs> touchdowns. Or an SEC record. 23 rushing touchdowns were also a record. Okay. <laughs> Best in college football history. Yeah. Overpaid. Okay. okay. Anyway. No uh, way he's better than Vinny Testaverde. Vinny Testaverde played at Miami, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't well, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that, but. Yeah, Vinny Testaverde. What about him? What about Tony Rice at Notre Dame, by God? Lisa says uh, Tebow should be on the list, but not number one. Okay. All right. Well, Jackpot, let's talk a minute about Arch Manning, and then we'll uh, we'll get into the uh, into the calls. You know, he goes to Texas. Did, I mean, I think he should be able to go wherever the hell he wants to go, but it makes you wonder, you know, what is it that Texas is going to give him that is better than everybody else? Because, I mean, let, let's just be honest. Maybe maybe he's underage and he wants to drink and his nose is coach at Texas will give him some alcohol. Okay. If that's the way that you want to Never go, mind. He keeps that to himself. Right. Well, I, I don't know. He – yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is this guy really – I don't know. Is this guy really as good as he's hyped up to be? Because, like, I, I don't know. I, look at the 
and they've been talking about this on on uh, and nobody's really discussed this. They've been talking about it on different various podcasts. And I watched the Zach Smith podcast. He was talking about it, and he was um, talking about the uh, the not so voice of college football, uh, Mister Rogers. Uh, was uh, they were talking about it also on there? He doesn't like. I mean, the the level of competition he plays against looks like seventh graders. And I watched one of the videos, and I mean, and he literally he looks like you know he was on a weight program, and the guys trying to tackle him were you know little fellas. I mean, like they had no business being on the field with him. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the I don't know. It's it's kind of like the Jordan Birch thing, to me. Like played against a bunch of slow white dudes that are running like five nines. I mean, uh, I don't know. Um, Taylor Man says it may be nepotism. Okay. And then um, Zach Smith also uh, went on to talk about how, and, and this makes a lot of sense too like those Elite 11 camps and, you know, the, these other games and stuff where they, 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 you know, they go to showcase their talents. This guy wants no part of that. He doesn't like, he doesn't participate in any of that stuff. So like, I mean, it's weird. Like, is he, you know, like maybe he doesn't want to get exposed. I don't know, but like he would, they're, they're like, you know, a competitor would, uh, a competitor would uh, actually want to <clears throat> participate in those kind of events. So to compete uh-huh. against other elite athletes. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I, the other side of it too, is that, uh, you know, people talk about money and all that. I mean, the kid's not going to have to worry about money for goodness sake. I mean, that's, that's not, I mean, coming from the Manning family, that's not a big deal. Uh, the big thing though, for me is that, uh, Quinn Ewers, the young man that went to Ohio State, shook them up for over a hundred grand in NIL money, and then left without taking a snap up there to come down to Texas. Now he's going to have essentially a Manning on his tail here shortly. Wow, what's going to go on with that? I I honestly don't know. That's uh, well, if he's that good, he won't have to worry about it. He'll keep the job. You know, I'm with you. All right, let's take calls, 803-470-2905, 803-470-2905. Shout out to Mr. Savage College Football, uh, to Gray Man. <coughs> says, and, and this is a logical thing here. He wants to be developed by Sark. He likes Austin, et cetera. End of story. And look, and then you were talking about that. Drop it, nothing to see here. I'm not saying he took any money to go there. I'm just saying that I don't know if that's the uh, – if you know if it's Sark and that's who he wants, then okay, fine. Let's go out to the phones. Welcome into the program. Good evening. What's going on, fellas? What's up, buddy? Uh, uh, not much. Just hanging out, and you know, I'm about tired of hearing Georgia fans cry or talk crap on Archie Manning for going to Texas. Sure. Um, Archie. Archie Manning going to Georgia would have been like the equivalent of a elite defensive player going to Tennessee. And maybe, obviously, you know, not in troll way, but like it's the offensive-minded head coach. He's going there to play offense. Like Georgia, and, and if there's anything that's been proven in Kirby's first time, is if I'm not a running back or a tight end, I don't want to go to Georgia as, a, as an offensive player because I'm not going to get to showcase my talent. I'm not going to get developed. 
I mean, that's just well, not, me, that's my thought on, on it. Let, but. let me, well, let me ask you this. Uh, you can make an argument that staying upright is important to be a quarterback. I'd rather be behind that Georgia offensive line than the Texas line right now. Would you? Oh, that, no, that's completely fair. That's completely fair. Okay. I was just saying, you know, it, as far as like an offensive, it, it, at least with quarterbacks, Kirby Smart does not have the best track record with him. Look, I, I um, rip Kirby Smart a lot, but and and he has he has a record of all that. But think about this: Kirby Smart got a guy to to win the national title and break the what forty year streak they had at Georgia that probably wouldn't start for a SoCon team. I mean, and he was able well, to go it, and beat and Alabama toe to toe. So maybe there's something to that. I don't know. That's fair. But if you watch that game, Stetson Bennett almost lost that game for him. It was the defense that bailed him out. Um, I mean, he still had to go that, out there I mean, and take snaps, though, against Alabama with Will Anderson. Out oh, 100%. There, the best 100%, player in the country, I, in my I opinion. I completely agree with that. Completely mm-hmm. agree. Another um, <coughs> thing I want to talk about, Billy Napier over there in Florida just self-imploding right now. I don't know if, if, I don't know if y'all been following that at all, but he's just he, running he, people off. Seems he's, like. pinning, he's pinning letters to the fan base, which is not – you don't need to be penning letters to the fan base talking about your philosophies in, in fucking July. That's not what yeah. you want right now. As a, as a Tennessee fan, mm. I've seen all the bad coaches in the world, okay? Like, let's just, you know, let's just, let's just be honest with that with ourselves on that one. Um, he's a lot like – I see the worst parts of Pruitt and Jones in him. And, and that's not really a like smack. Like obviously, I'm not comparing him to both because he could be a he could be a good coach. You know, he could be a solid seven, five, eight, and four winning team, or solid eight and four, nine, three winning coach. You know, but just the stuff that he's done since he's been there, very mm-hmm. comparable. Um, if you want current, I've said this before. I believe it was on this show that if you want current production out of your current roster, you don't smack talk what you have. TV or get in a, get in a um a conference and say, hey yeah, we just need more players. Yeah, you know, what are those guys that bleed orange and blue? You know, I mean, I would rather have that than some prima donna that's asking for millions and millions of dollars. But you know, that's 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 just me. Um, and then I, I saw the I saw the um the description of the video or the the title of the video. Right. And it was talking about, you know, best SEC quarterbacks of all time. And not that he's the best quarterback of all time. I'm just talking about, you know, based off arm talent. Mm-hmm. I always really like watching Tyler Bray play football. Um, I always thought he had a really good arm and uh, played 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 really good ball. But uh, that's really all I got. I appreciate y'all taking my call. But, all um, right, man. Have a good night, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. All right, there you go. So he thinks that Georgia fans are upset about Arch Manning going to going to Texas. Mayhem um, Matthew says jackpot. You would know what's trash. You pull Paul. It's two L's there for a college football team full of trash. Yeah, whooped your ass a couple years back too. Yeah, good point. All right, let's go back out to the phones. Your ass. <laughs> Welcome into the program. Good evening. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? I think uh, I'll touch up on the Georgia fans thing. I think they just need to be happy for the next 60 years. Like the last time they won one in 1985, they just need to 
let go of the Arch Manning thing. You know, it's great. They won the national championship, but they're going to get brought back down to reality here soon. You know, their players, they, they know about like 2% of what they got returning with Stetson Bennett. Everybody else left for the draft. It's going to be just like every other year when they <laughs> won a ball game and or lost the bowl game rather because they didn't get to go to playoffs and they didn't try. We're going to see the whole season play out like that for them this year. Because they're just not going to care because they have a shot at it. You know, people keep talking trash about the recruiting of Texas. You know, you go back to 2019 and 2018 when I had those back-to-back recruiting classes. You know, a lot of those recruiting classes, they didn't pan out. 2019 in particular, um, they had four out of 20 or six out of 26 players actually stick on that team. Good majority of them left, you know, so this business of, you know, Texas has had talent in the past and hadn't done anything with it. Well, they hadn't really had the talent. They've had freak accidents. I think somebody had a stat out there recently, something like during Herman's tenure, they only had like 14, 16 max scholarship offensive lineman at once on a team and now they've gone and recruited like two five-star offensive linemen at 34 years old i can't remember the last time they had two five-star offensive linemen i don't think it's ever happened um i think what steve sarkeesian's doing is is monumental and the fact that he's gotten two 1.0 quarterbacks great you can say what you want about arch manning i i don't know that he's the number one player but the floor for him, like failing is probably higher than two thirds of every quarterback in every con- conference, I would say. Um, so I'll take it. Um, just interested to hear y'all's thoughts. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for calling the program. Um, I don't know. Here's the thing Texas has got yours who we don't know much about because he didn't take any snaps at Ohio State. <clears throat> the only thing I really know about Manning is that he is a Manning. He may end up being the shits. Who knows? I mean, right right now, all we know is the last name, and then he plays really well against uh, inferior competition. I mean, he's like a generation removed. I mean, it's been 20 years since uh, another one of those fuckers played uh, high school. Well, 25 years uh, since another one of them played high school football. I mean, you don't uh, – I don't know. Out to the phones we go. Welcome into the program. Uh, hello, guys. How y'all doing tonight? Good. Hello, how are you? Good, good. Um, you know, I just uh, Tom here, the uh, Alabama guy in the comment section. But anyway, uh, I, I know uh, probably uh, Megan Megan's probably upset right now that Stetson uh, Bennett sir, ain't on sir, that uh, list uh, of top sir, SEC passers. Sir, 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 sir. It's Peg and Megan, not Megan. Pegging, make sure you get it correct. Pegging, Megan. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Pegging, Megan's probably upset that Stetson Bennett ain't on that list. I mean. You know, he's uh, I mean, he wears a Stetson Bennett jersey all day, every day. But uh, you know, um, there there was a guy at Alabama that I had to, I was blessed to watch him play high school, and due to the politics of the era he played in, I think Andrew Zow would have been a lot better quarterback had Alabama had a different coach. Um, I, and you know, there were some politics with him and Watts, but I thought he could have been a lot better than what he was there during that era. Sure. Um, you know, some of the other guys, um, 
I, you know, I can't remember his name, but uh, Jackpot, you might remember. Who was that long-haired guy that played quarterback for South Carolina in the early 90s? Danny Mike Hill. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was your thought? Was he a great – would you think he was a great passer? He was. He was, yeah. I mean, he wasn't uh, – you know, he was a little bit erratic. He threw a, He threw his fair share of interceptions. But, I mean, the teams he played on, to be honest, I mean, they, they weren't that great. I mean, you didn't have – you didn't have that uh, a lot of great talent around him, and you know, all begins and ends with the lines of scrimmage. He didn't have that. Didn't have real good defense, but is what it is. He was yeah. okay. And an, another guy Alabama had that you probably never heard of, and uh, was Scott Hunter. He set the school record in '69 versus Auburn for 485. That record stood until this year. Till Bryce Young threw for 500 yards versus Arkansas. So, I, I didn't uh, go to any of those games in the 60s, so I I, I don't have any clue about that. So. <laughs> no, but it was it was a record that was I thought you know, you know I thought it was amazing. All these years we had a guy from the Bear Bryant era had the single game passing record, and you know, and it stood for almost over 50 something years. I mean, until this year, so I thought that was kind of amazing. Uh, piece of history, uh, you know, Billy Napier, they didn't know, wasn't that kid that uh, one of the, uh, what started that was, there was a kid at Clemson that left Clemson and went to Florida, and now he left Florida, is that correct? Yeah, DeMarcus and Bowman there, is running, in the, he is in yeah, the transfer portal yeah. again, and I, you know, I, I don't know what the hell's going on with all that, but. Yeah, I, I think that reflects bad. I mean, you've got to question the character of that kid because he's been at two places and he's already transferred from two places in a year. So that tells you right there, he's there's a red flag there. All right. Well, caller, hey, I appreciate you uh, calling the program yes, and edu- educating us on 1969 Alabama football. Did not know that. Yes, sir. Anytime. Yes, appreciate sir. Appreciate it. Have a, have a great day. Um, yeah, I, I don't know anything about Alabama football. Do you think Josh Dobbs should have been on the list? And you should be on there for his forehead. We could put the whole list on his forehead and tattoo it if we wanted what? to. <laughs> uh, man. Hey, Jackpot, my wife last night was woken up by – we had an earthquake here. What was the magnitude? Was it like a, three point, a 3.4 earthquake here right not far from our house? Hey, that's some I, shit. It was shaking. I read something about that on um, Twitter. I, crazy with an earthquake last night. Uh, James says Bowman will be a Gamecock next. It would, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Hell, if I'm Shane Beamer, go and throw throw it out there. I mean, hell, we'll see what happens. Who knows, man? He's, he had something. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, last week, I, I guess it was last week. Maybe it was the week before. I can't remember. They kind of run together. When I'm like living out of a suitcase, uh, but uh, Spurs Up Show dude did a uh, a top five on Twitter of top five Gamecock quarterbacks of all time, and he had Phil Petty on there as his number five Gamecock quarterback of all time. I don't know, eh, I don't know if I above him. Steve Tannehill, Connor Shaw, Stephen Garcia. Steven Garcia and Todd Ellis, right? 
No, uh, uh-uh, he wasn't. He didn't have him uh, because because he because he threw too many interceptions. Well, the thing is, when Todd Ellis played, I mean, that was a brand new offense they were running. That run and shoot offense. He also threw more touchdowns uh, than anybody as well. And I mean, all he had to do, and 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 I kind of tried to educate him a little bit. You know, the nineteen eighty nine South Carolina team was fucking undefeated. They were like seven and zero. Uh, when NC State came into town and um, they tore his knee up in the first quarter and uh, he had to, he missed the rest of the season. His career was over. And uh, we went on to lose uh, four out of the next five games uh, after he went down. So, I mean, you know, he, he wasn't, uh, I don't know, he, he, was, he was a lot better, I think, than people, people give him credit for. Um, you know, we no one mentioned Sunshine uh, there uh, on that list. He was a pretty good quarterback for South Carolina back in the mid nineteen seventies. Tommy, Tommy that, that, yeah, he, he he was on the list too. He was on the list with Phil Petty, oh, Tanny uh, Hill. Jeff Grant should be there too. Yeah, Jeff Grant should be on the list too, in my opinion. But yeah. Uh, Super chat from Ethan says, be up in South Carolina tomorrow to work on a transformer that lights up Clemson Stadium, might sabotage it. Okay. Any good places to eat? Yes. Bible Belt Beauty is correct. Go to Max Drive-In. There you go. Get yourself uh, some food from there. That's that's where to go. All right. Uh, 803-470-2905. 803-470-2905. If you'd like to join us here on the program, final call for calls this evening as uh, – we roll along here. Yes, Profit Tavern said, where was the public's grocery bagger? <laughs> Perry Orth? That's funny. Yeah. Uh, Orth NATO. Hey, at least you worked at Publix. I mean, that is a high-end grocery store. Or, I mean, it's as high as high-end as we can get in Columbia, South Carolina, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's talking about Dak Prescott. Papa B is... Uh, as far as an, an all-time SEC quarterback, I, I I have to put him up there somewhat, right? I don't know. Who's that? Uh, Dak Prescott. Would he, is he a top twenty all-time SEC quarterback in your mind? Probably not. Um, he's another one that made you know. He's it's like Eli Manning. I mean, he made he's made more of a name for himself after college than. During, I mean, I'm not not trying to besmirch his college career or anything, but I mean, I just don't think any of the teams he played on were real good. Um, Another chat from Ethan says, uh, "F Howard's Rock, go Vols." He loves jackpot. Yeah, everybody loves jackpot. Love you too. Go go shit on that rock tomorrow. Uh, Brock says he probably didn't put Todd Ellis on the list because Ellis, along with the rest of the Columbia media, can't stand him. <laughs> you know, that that's probably. There's probably some validity to that. Boom. You know, I I think that Todd Ellis, I mean, he is the voice of South Carolina football, and and I get that. But um, in the end, I don't really think he gives a shit about what people say about him anymore. I mean, he leaves leaves and goes and does the coaches show, does the games on the weekends, and then, you know, goes wherever the Gamecocks need him to go, and then he's a lawyer the rest of the time. So, I mean, he doesn't give a shit. I mean, I really don't think Todd Ellis cares at all, to be honest. So, I'd like to cross-examine the witness, Your Honor. Boom. 
<laughs> did you or did you not have drugs? Boom. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's funny. Uh, James says Todd Ellis is a great blowhard. You know, they, they they had the opportunity to do it right, and they could have uh what they should have done was uh let Mike Morgan do because Mike Morgan was doing basketball and baseball, just make the smooth transition, let him go up there and do football too. I mean, Mike Morgan calls football games for the SEC network now. It's not like he he's taking a step down for God's sake. Um they could have had that and he would Mike Morgan would have stayed there till the day he fell off the planet. Cause that was the job he wanted, but I don't, I don't know what's going on down there to be completely. Who, um, who did the, uh, blah, blah, blah. who was do who did the Gamecocks football play by play when, uh, after Bob Fulton retired until Charlie, Charlie Mac Alexander, I believe was the guy that went right after Bob Fulton. That's right. Then they went from there, but, uh, it was decent. He's right. Yeah, he was all right. Um, but the, the thing that the thing that gets me though is that you and I, growing up, we grew up with two of the greatest voices, in my opinion, of of college football, uh, with uh, with Bob Fulton and and Jim Phillips up at Clemson. Both of mm-hmm. them were just outstanding. Uh, I mean, you could, you know, I could still remember listening to uh to to Phillips call games and and Bob Fulton as well. Bob Fulton's voice up until the day that, that he passed away was just strong and you just knew who it was just by hearing him talk. I mean, that's, that's the impressive part of it. He's from that old school era where your voice was all you had. Yeah. So. All the way down to the 25 yard line. Yeah. He, he was great. And Jim Phillips was like, I mean, they were talking about it one time on Taylor radio. They were talking about Jim Phillips and his, his calls on field goals are like, I mean, it was like a, a suspenseful minute uh, when somebody would, would, uh, would, would uh, attempt to field goal in, in a Clemson game, whether you knew it was good or not. Snap the spot. The kid gets up. Kid, guess what is it, Jim? Is that kick is? Jim, what is it? Kick is? Uh, Beth says Larry Munson. Yeah, Larry Munson was great. We uh we can respect talent here on the program. Big Barney Ross, this comes from Big Barney Ross. And if this happens, uh, I'm going to laugh hysterically. Tennessee loses to Vanderbilt, Kentucky loses to Northern Illinois, Tennessee has a seven-win season, Kentucky has six wins and makes a bowl game. <laughs> if they have a six-win season, they're going to the who gives a fuck bowl. Okay. <laughs> the fucking toilet bowls where they're going with a six-win season. So, but I think if all of that happens, then if Tennessee wins seven games and Kentucky wins six games, then South Carolina's probably beaten both of them. And you think Carolina's, yeah, South Carolina's going to win eight games then under that logic. So, yeah, uh, let's see here. Yes, yeah, uh, Eric says that ain't happening. You're you're probably right. I don't see, I don't see both teams going seven and six. I don't see that happening. Oh no, they both won in double digits. Oh yeah, Kentucky's going ten and two by God. All right, well, jackpot. I think we've had a good show. We'll be back at it on uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. This out, and of course, you can download the show. Podcast uh, is up here in just a little bit. 
if you missed some of it, you can. James says, uh, where's Zig Ziggy's on the bed asleep? Ziggy's tired. He probably had a busy Ziggy day. Had a big weekend. Big, uh, big weekend with daddy. There you go. All right. Anyway, so, yep, yeah, we appreciate you guys uh, checking out the show, and we'll talk with you on Wednesday.